0: still in isolation. And what better time to talk about cults than when it feels kind of like a good idea to join one. Helping me do that is comedian Lauren Bonner. Hello.
1: Hello. I'm actually in my car, in my driveway. (laughs) I don't want to brag. Yes, I have a driveway. um, Are (laughs) you truthful? I am I am because I i, well, I was gonna do it in my room but it's like adjacent to the kitchen and I've already like I, I'm always disrupting my housemates <sighs> like I'm always like um I'm just reporting recording a podcast in the living room for an hour like you can't come out here so I was just gonna give them the night off my nonsense and just sit in my car which is kind of fine it's like a nice little booth you know
0: that's outstanding can you beep your horn
1: I'll just do it really quietly
0: oh that's the greatest we can just finish now except we're not going to because we've got we have to talk about one of the busiest cult leaders in the whole world
1: busiest yeah that's how I would describe him he really
0: got some stuff done
1: he was Um, busy he was if anyone is a you know productivity goals for this quarantine you know in terms of getting stuff done in a short amount of time this cult leader Productive.
0: An outstanding delegator as well, mm. I might say. And also a massive asshole. Who are we talking about? Tell me your stupid name. Tell me your stupid
1: name. We are talking about the one and only Charles Manson.
0: With, did you have a bit of a panic when you were researching this because there's so much information?
1: There is... Yeah, so much. So, so much. Because when when we were talking about doing this, so I was like, I mean, I feel like I know a fair bit about Charles Manson. Like, I had listened to podcasts about him before. Like, I'm a bit into this stuff. Everything was so remarkable to write down. And then I was like, oh, like, he's not even 18 yet. And I've already got all these notes about his I know you upbringing. have to edit yourself. There's so much.
0: It wasn't that he was a cult leader that spent some time in jail. It's more Mm. like he was a prisoner that spent some time as a cult leader.
1: I will say up front, if I sound like sympathetic towards him at any point, Charles Manson, bad guy. Yep, Like absolutely not a good guy. I think we can shake on that. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I don't support him. I don't think anything he did was was, uh, warranted. But he is someone who is was brought up his entire life basically in institutions, like from the age of thirteen, I think, all the way until when he was released. Like he was just in and out of various institutions. I swear, that whether that was school or juvenile detention or anything. Which, like, shitty, I
0: mean, shitty childhood.
1: Crazy stuff.
0: The first thing I have to do because I like looking up facts about places is yeah. mention that. Where he was born. So he's born in 1934 in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I looked on the map, and Cincinnati is right where the Ohio River meets the Licking River.
1: Is that it's called a Licking River? I was wondering if there was um, some like historical relevance, or if that was just because it was called the Licking River. Because I was like, that's that is uh sign
0: <laughs> i did not i did not look any further into that and one of cincinnati's nicknames is porkopolis cuz at, at one t- at one time it was america's like major pork processing city you could get a boat up the licking river to porkopolis
1: i'm sure to some people that, that sounds appetizing but for me a oh, vegetarian tipped. no thank oh. you
0: <laughs> i would sail up a thousand licking rivers to get to porkopolis
1: it's, um, we'll find
0: we'll find you a salad city. Yeah, and his yeah, mother so- Kathleen. Yeah, massive Six- drinker and a
1: little bit of a service station robber. Charlie Manson's father, his birth father. Actually, this is funny. I've got this fact written down. His father's legal name was Colonel Walker Henderson Scott Sr. Okay. What's so funny is he, like, he just worked at a mill, but he had a local reputation apparently as a bit of a con artist because he led 16-year-old Kathleen, Charlie's mother, to believe, Mm. like, he led her to believe that he was actually, like, a colonel in the army, but actually his first name was just (laughs) Colonel.
0: Then I want a first name Princess, so people will think I actually am one.
1: Well, exactly. It's the ultimate move. Like, just name your kid Colonel or, like, Lord, and then they'll be, they can just, you know, give birth to a monster like charles manson i suppose crazy so when she was pregnant quite a plan yeah she was pregnant and then he was like oh i have to go do some army stuff and he just disappeared (laughs) like he wasn't even in the army
0: (laughs) don't you hate it you've given birth you're just planning which school your kid's gonna go to and then the father of your baby has to go and do army stuff I was about to say Charlie never had a chance, and the next two paragraphs of my notes is just dotted with stories and bad things he did.
1: Basically, yeah, his mum did remarry. What I thought was amazing, whenever you do research into stuff like this, uh, murderers or like even just like that time period, the 30s to the 60s, people were just getting married left, right and centre, weren't they? Before she it gave was, birth to Charles, she had already married someone else, some other guy, like some guy just married her, pregnant with another guy's baby, like that's amazing, right? I don't think you had to try very hard. It it Does't sound of like, like
0: it. okay, you have your first drink. You have your first, sorry if this language is too cool, toke of a doobie, um, <laughs> and then you just get married to the first guy that looks at you twice.
1: It really seems that way. And then, like, you have this modern day thing of, like, oh, he, when's he going to propose? Like, what? they didn't have any of that back then. It was just, oh, you're pregnant with someone else's baby? I don't mind. Let's just get married. Let's get married within, like, before she even gave birth, papers were signed, done. Met, dated, engaged, ah, married. Amazing. I don't know. I mean, go off, queen, I guess. is yeah. what I would say <laughs> yeah. to that. I like she... spent a lot of my
0: relationships <laughs> hoping they don't propose. So the 30s to the 60s for me would have been a fucking nightmare.
1: Yeah, that would have been rough. You would have been turning down yeah. proposals all the time. All <laughs> the
0: time.
1: <laughs> that they, they didn't end up sticking together anyway, but no, you know. Maybe not goals. And, maybe not hashtag goals after all.
0: But he did do hashtag thieving and hashtag um, robbery a lot when he was a <laughs> teenager. He loved. He was born for it. He loved he, to thieve. He loved to thieve. So he's in and out of juvie, and oh god, I just love any opportunity to say juvie.
1: Yeah, it sounds so cool. What do we call it here? Do we the, just call it juvenile detention? Or yes, it's like, one of the
0: few things that we. Take the Long Road.
1: Yeah, but Juvie sounds cool. It's very like uh, I'm watching the OC at the moment, very Ryan Atwood. Um, oh. Charles Manson I was going definitely... to say it was very Johnny
0: Depp in Cry Baby, but Ooh, then okay. hey, different ages, you and I.
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But Charles Manson, definitely not a Ryan Atwood um, figure or I don't know, I actually haven't seen Cry Baby, so that, maybe not okay. Johnny Depp too.
0: We can squeeze out an early t- T-shirt. Yeah. Charlie Manson definitely not a ryan (laughs) Atwood. so he learned a lot of things like i got a lot of my information from murderpedia and (laughs) it's and you will never see the word sodomy more often on any other website no that's not true is it (laughs) (laughs) spoke too soon apparently like he was sexually abused but he also did some kind of did some boy raping himself which which is awful
1: yeah very bad so that was what really stuck out for me looking at like when he was growing up he was kind of sent to a series of schools um and then I think it was like one of them was confirmed a big culture of sexual abuse in the school as well so like by older students to younger students for like hazing probably Definitely in the earlier schools too. Petty crime, steal cars, stole $10, robbed a grocery store, stole $50, raped a boy at knife point. Like that Ugh. was kind of a bit all of a sudden.
0: It's all very small time. And then that just goes wham and hits you in the face when you're yeah. about this stuff. And apparently he invented this self-defence mechanism for himself called the insane game. So whenever he felt threatened, and he was only a little guy as well. Yeah. he, I'd be able to rest my chin on his head. I know. Uh, Five foot two, he was. Yeah. Also, I realised, yeah, this is an audio medium, so that is meaningless <laughs> for me to say that. Anyway, I'm this tall. See? He would just... So if he felt threatened, he'd just scream and make faces and wave his arms and make weird noises to convince whoever was picking on him that he was insane. And even if you see interviews with him later in life, he's still doing that.
1: Yeah, he's also he's still a little bit that. insane. Yeah, mm. he is definitely actually a bit insane, especially maybe by that point. <laughs> like, there's that video of him like on the stand when he was in court, and it's been popularly turned into a meme where he's doing like dance, dance revolution dancing too, Yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> if I find <laughs> it,
0: I'll put it on the uh, on the Facebook page.
1: Yeah. Um, but that sounds exactly <laughs> like the insane game, which is yeah, what he developed to try to defend himself. I don't want to sound like I'm sympathetic to him, but. He really had a bad upbringing,
0: really bad. And while you know, you can always say that people, you know, lots of people that have bad upbringings don't become cult leaders. Yeah. But then again, it's it's just not surprising that Charlie got into a lot of bad shit because he yeah. just he never had a chance.
1: He never had any kind of like real normal family at all.
0: No, he was released briefly and true to your theory about that marriage was a virus in that times he got married to a waitress called Rosalie so
1: 1954 release married 1955 waitress named Rosalie she sounds lovely and she got pregnant straight away
0: boom she thought look i'm making i'm making reasonable money as a waitress here but i'm a bit bored might get myself a husband fresh out of jail she's
1: so like what's this you know little 5 foot 2 just out of jail, you know, a bit of a catch. Um, let's let's get married straight and away. His face his face has just got a lot of
0: character. I'm going mm. there. She gave birth to his son Charles Manson Jr.
1: and they
0: got divorced.
1: Yeah. So I think then he like went away again to jail pretty quickly. Um and then that's also another crime that kind of stuck out a little bit was like he kind of got into pimping quite a lot.
0: And I dare say he had a gift for it.
1: Oh, yeah. The fact that he got out of jail, met a woman and married her in one year, I think is proof that he um, was a very charismatic or like able to manipulate people. You know, he had that in his character. He's
0: so good at convincing people to do stuff
1: amazingly good at it. And it says when when he was like in his mid 20s, when he had this big trial for forging a check, which I think then he got like a 10-year suspended sentence for that. That
0: seems excessive, but also in hindsight yeah. not enough.
1: A lot of his crimes were very petty, so but for some weird reason they would often be like federal crimes, that's why his sentences were so big.
0: I think cuz um, he moved around a lot, so he'd go across yeah. state lines and that's when in the US Uh, things go from state to federal so you get you get hammered
1: but Um, when he was on the on on trial for forging that check this young woman that he was dating she pled mm. on the stand for him like crying saying if he was free that she would marry him and that's why he was given a suspended sentence and then he got out and they did get married but then he just went back to jail
0: it's the marrying virus now finally at age 32 in 1967, and that freaks me out because everything happened really quickly, mm-hmm. um, he's released. Yeah. He did, he did want to stay in though because he'd just spent so much time there. That was his home.
1: Yeah, over, over half his life he'd spent in institutions at the age of 32.
0: And it shows. Although he seemed to learn so much in jail that fed him in later life.
1: He was a big um, fan of How to Win Friends and Influence People, the Dale Carnegie The book?
0: book. Imagine that if someone read your book and learned the skills to become Charlie Manson. It's
1: really, it's a really I feel like it's kind of pride. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's bad. Like I was looking at the Wikipedia for How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's still a very influential book. It's still categorised. Yeah. It's still held in pretty high regard. And the Wikipedia page was like lots of successful people source it. You know, Warren Buffett, you know, has – the certificate in his office still to this day and then it's like you go down all these like all these people and then at the very last person on the list charles manson also read it and says that it helped him um
0: <laughs> i like that same book but warren buffett charlie manson different paths
1: yeah yeah <laughs> two interpretations of the text i guess
0: yeah and i think manson probably just read the second half So he moved, he's in San Francisco, he's released from jail, he goes to San Francisco and this is 1967. So we're talking the smelly, glorious blossoming of the hippie movement. Yeah. And he moved in with a girl called Mary Brunner in San Francisco and with the influencing people thing, convinced her to let 18 other women live there too
1: it's so crazy to me okay so I feel like once the cult is rolling everything's happening then that's like oh okay there's like a bunch of women it's like a thing okay I can see how people would get it but Mary Brunner was just a library assistant at Berkeley a good university and he he just moved into our apartment which is like okay kind of towing the line a bit to move in so fast but that's that's fine I guess and then he just stayed home all day playing guitar And then she came home one day and there was another woman there. She comes home another day. There's like more women there until eventually there's just like 18 women in this apartment. Imagine that. This guy moves in with you. you, your boyfriend. You're trying to explain it to your parents. He's really nice. We've got a few other women living with us. How did, what was her, what did she think? And how did she stay?
0: Hi, honey. Welcome home from work. Here are your 18 hot new housemates.
1: Yeah, surprise. Um, I know I love you, but I just want eighteen other women. It wouldn't have been a big apartment. It can't. No,
0: and look, this is a bad thing to say, but he must, he must have given good dick. I mean, I don't want to to think about his penis. There has to be something. Charisma, charisma will get you maybe six extra girlfriends in your girlfriend's apartment. But 18 is insane. That's
1: so many. I know so many guys, or if they're like short or something, they're like, girls never want to go out with me because I'm shorter than them. Oh, I'm I'm not six foot women. only want to pay attention to guys if they're over six foot. Charles Manson was five foot two and had 18 girlfriends in the same house, okay? There are no excuses. Let's
0: bring that up. The next time a guy says that, if Charlie Manson can get 18 dates at once, mate.
1: Yeah, you're not trying hard maybe, enough.
0: If Charlie was good at anything, it was being short and pulling chicks.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and he kind of established himself as a guru in Haight-Ashbury in that time, which is he kind of ruined hippies for everybody because he was really just pretending to be one. Yeah, he really did. Come from A self interested, greedy place, not your classic hippie. I don't know anything about hippies.
1: Bloody hippies. But, but he did, he kind he, of took like the the hippie mold and like looked at it, observed it, and said and and used it to to gain influence. You know, he, because they yeah, were, how can were I milk the shit and, out of
0: this? Yeah, hmm.
1: naive to what exactly was going on, and like people could just become a guru, and people would just be like talking, hanging out, and so he was okay. This is easy.
0: He just figured out, like he did with everybody, how to push their buttons and how to get them to go. This guy really speaks to me man Mm -hmm. it also helped that he lsd helped a lot of people influence a lot of other people
1: yeah and i think that was a very big part of their their vibe the mansard family they would take a lot of lsd and take a lot of trips together
0: so Um, many
1: and that kind of kept them under his thumb i guess yeah. As long well as you probably so it- knew what kind of women to pick on, you'd have to, because no matter how influential you are, there would still be, you know, you like to think that no hairy five foot two, nothing that that guy could say could come up to me and convince me to like run away to the desert. You know, I like to think that I don't think that would work on me, but maybe it would.
0: But and it would depend on what time of life you were in. Yeah, but, and these were mostly he really, really attracted middle class girls. Some people that had nowhere else to go, but also some that were, I guess, rebelling against their parents and their mm. upbringing, and were seeing hippydom as a something intensely fashionable to do. Maybe. Who knows? And he borrowed a lot from, like, to get people hooked in and wanting more and to get them feeling good and, you know, acting like a mini cult leader. He borrowed heavily from Scientology, which is hilarious.
1: Because Scientology
0: borrowed from a whole lot of things, but after it was up and going, so many other cults have borrowed heavily from the Scientology model.
1: Interesting because it's a crazy model.
0: It's a crazy model. And he even said that he left after a while. He spent about 150 hours or something being audited with the E-meters. But he left because he was like, that shit, that's too crazy for me.
1: Charles Manson
0: (laughs) left Scientology because it was too out there. So Charlie's out in California pretending to be a guru, but what he really wanted to be was a rock star,
1: Mm -hmm. which is so...
0: So Short Hairy Man Predictable. He was that asshole it that really brought is. his acoustic guitar to parties.
1: He totally was. And if Wonderwall was out then, he would be playing <laughs> it, okay? It wasn't, but, like, he was channeling that energy.
0: That's a T-shirt. Just a picture of Charlie Manson and the words, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Oh, my
1: that's, God. <laughs> that's the that's T-shirt. Fingers.
0: That's the T-shirt. He's attracting all these hot... High- hippie girls and he's really using them as bait because he wanted to also with the Scientology model he wanted to meet as many famous movie producers and record producers and people in the industry as he possibly could and as you can see in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the girls in Charlie's entourage did a lot of hitchhiking Mm -hmm. and one time Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys picked up two of his chicks
1: So, yeah, Dennis Wilson picks up his his girls and then they go to his house. And then, you know what was so funny? Basically, the women went to his house and then they were hanging out there. And then eventually more and more women started moving into Dennis Wilson's house until there was a dozen, at least, of these women living in in Wilson's house. And they apparently cost him approximately um, $100,000 because of medical bills for treatment of their gonorrhea. (laughs) And $21,000 for the destruction of his uninsured car that they borrowed.
0: Oh, the late 60s. Gonorrhea and uninsured cars. That's
1: so funny. I just love the idea of that. Like, Wilson is just in his house with all these girls and he gets a doctor over and he's like, oh, please, God, they've all got gonorrhea. I don't know what to do. Like, he's just over his head. He seems like.
0: Completely. He's one of those guys where you would just go around there and go, look, I'm really, I'm short of cash and drugs and luxury cars and he'd be like sure man take mine I'm so sorry about the accent (laughs) and Dennis comes home one day and Charlie Manson's walking out of his house and Dennis is kind of like whoa man you're not going to hurt me are you and Charlie Manson just drops to his knees and starts kissing his feet I think that would make you feel only a little bit more secure
1: I mean, it's definitely a move. It's a, it's what you'd call in acting a de- deliberate choice. Um, it's oh, plus it's only
0: specific.
1: five foot two. It's
0: not far to go if you're gonna go and kiss someone's fate. This is the bit that blew my mind when I first read about Charlie Manson a while ago. It's one that he lived in one of the Beach Boys' houses for a while. Mm-hmm. But also that, so he's trying to get Dennis to introduce him to producers and things so he could maybe record an album. But he wrote a song that is now on a Beach Boys album. He did. I was just
1: listening to it. It's not not, great. It's fine because he's uncredited on it. It's credited to Wilson. Uh, It's called Never Learn Not to Love if you want to check it out. Which is a double
0: negative, which I hate.
1: Yeah. Well, it was originally titled, Manson's song is called Cease to Exist.
0: Which is a little bit more like hardcore. Punchier. My day job is in music copyright and I just think, I don't know if it was payment for the smashed car and the gonorrhea bills or (laughs) if Charlie Manson just didn't know what he was doing, but you never sign away your publishing. That's a yeah. money shot.
1: It seems unusual that Charlie would have done that. It feels like if you were in LA, like in the 60s, he did brush up with a lot of industry people, hanging out with a beach boy. Um, mm. and, and Wilson did introduce him to some record execs, including, which we'll talk about later, Terry Melcher. Who's I mean, son. Really? Yes. And you know what? Terry Meltra's girlfriend at the time was Candace no. Bergen. Shush. Candace Bergen. Yeah. Of <sighs> Miss Congeniality fame. And Murphy Brown. I told you we were different ages.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what Manson did with all these celebrity connections was kind of fuck things up. He didn't end up getting signed to any record labels. What he did was just make Dennis. Wilson's house a mess. Do you know what do you know what Charlie Manson was to Dennis? He he was a menace. <laughs> <laughs> I just kicked an imaginary drum symbol in my house. Where are we in his dud claim dud rise to not fame?
1: Yeah, so he, he did. He was hanging out with like, yeah, Terry Meltra was a record producer. They, he did get producers to like listen to a lot of his songs. He recorded demos, demos which you can listen to on YouTube. They are around. Yeah, um, you
0: can. I'll link to that on the face of your page as well.
1: They're not all great. Actually, the one song he has, which I will say, and again, I will say I don't like the guy, I don't support Charles Manson, but the no, one that's song good. he has <laughs> that's kind of all right, actually, is called Look at Your Game Girl. Check it out. It's kind of catchy.
0: That's a good um, title.
1: Yeah, it's actually a good song. Um, have a listen to it. It's very just like 60s pop. It's fine.
0: And but. I like look at your game, girl, because I would say that to, a, in a supportive way. It's like if a yeah. girl was down on herself, I'd be like, look at your game, girl. But he was not all that supportive of women. His attitude to women was not good, which yeah. is so weird for a guy who is a lifetime pimp, don't you think?
1: Um, Yeah, it may surprise people to know that Charles <laughs> Manson probably didn't like super respect women. Uh, <laughs> a bit of an asshole, shit guy. We keep coming back to that, but not a good guy. But like, not the worst songwriter. He wasn't totally fooling himself. The record execs they were like, kind of intrigued by what his vibe was. And I think wasn't he was also like called in to consult on a movie about Jesus Christ. He was a figure around town, and people were like, oh, you know, like Charles Manson. He's this guy. Like, he's like a guru. He like everyone thinks he's God. <laughs> you know he's got all these chicks that are devoted to him people people knew who he was you can kind of see his lifestyle could have been marketed if he became a pop star if they wanted to make him a pop star they could have been like he's charles manson you know he's the god he's got all these women he's got a harem like he's kind of living a lifestyle that is interesting but it probably just towed over the line of into too weird to be a commercial pop success
0: i mean they're Some of the few people in this story that can hold their heads high because everyone was like, hey, yeah, who's this Charlie
1: guy? He seems cool. Thank God. (laughs) Imagine if they gave him a record deal then they were like, oh, (laughs) oh, God.
0: Charlie, he kind of held grudges as well. So the aforementioned Terry Melcher, who was Doris Day's son, he rented a house that was later rented by Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate. The film producer and his actress wife. Manson would, he went back and visited that house later when he thought Terry Melcher was living there because basically he would follow up with people he held grudges for if they had refused him, in his head, the opportunity to become a massive rock star. Because Terry was like, yeah, look, your music's fine, but thanks, no thanks. But he
1: had been to that. Charlie
0: Manson was such a fan of the drop in.
1: He was. He totally was. He'd just, like, knock on your door and be like, what's up? Didn't matter if he knew you or not. Um.
0: No. And always with bare feet. Mm. Mm. Can you just, you want to hand Charlie mats and some slippers at the door?
1: Absolutely. And that is a hippie thing. And I live in, you know, like the inner west in Sydney, which is Mm. kind of, yeah, a little cool, a little bit hippie. I do see people without shoes on. And you know what? I don't think it's cool. I think it's yucky.
0: It's not even on the on the thin line between cool and yucky, yeah, it's full pelt yucky.
1: It's like you're walking down King Street, Newtown, no shoes on holding an acoustic guitar. What part of that seems good?
0: unsurprisingly, Dennis Wilson's manager chucks them all out of Dennis Wilson's house because I don't I think Dennis Wilson was usually too too stoned to. Really yeah. mind, and they moved into this. One of my favourite details was they moved into, I think it's Spawn or Spawns Movie Ranch in Topanga Canyon.
1: Take me to your town.
0: It's a fake movie ranch, an old western town, which is mostly just fake building fronts.
1: Yeah, like what a and backdrop. To, to this oh cult. Wouldn't you though? <laughs> I mean, if that
0: if Spahn's movie ranch was in the Inner West, you could sell even just the facades for about half a mil.
1: Oh, amazing. So they just move into this like old Western town and they're all shoeless and high on LSD, having sex all the time. Cause Mary, Mary, the original woman from Berkeley, like she got pregnant. Mm. Like there were babies at that time as well. Like there were kids on the ranch.
0: It was just armpit hair and suckling babies. The owner let them live there for free, George Spahn, just in exchange for maintenance
1: and a bit of sex. bit of sex, a little bit of that. bit of
0: sex with an old nearly blind guy. Yeah. Small price to pay.
1: Charlie, because Charlie would tell the girls too. It wasn't, you know, they weren't excited about it. Yeah. They were devoted and they were happy to do it for the family.
0: I mean, your pimp skills don't have to go to waste just because you move into a dilapidated movie, ranch. Mind you, they loved a bit of a ranch. They moved around from there to a couple of other ranches in Death Valley or near Death Valley.
1: Yeah. And then
0: later to a yellow house in Canoga Park in the San Fernando Valley because I guess Charlie just always wanted to be a valley girl.
1: One of the ranches in Death Valley that they hired, he paid for it by giving them a Beach Boys gold record because Dennis Wilson had just, like, given him a bunch. (laughs) Dennis, you just need to keep your shit tight. So dopey. Look,
0: I worry worry about the Beach Boys sometimes.
1: I'm worried about the Beach Boys. Are they okay? That's that's another T-shirt.
0: I'm worried (laughs) about the Beach Boys. So the shit they believed. There's kind of two main things, and the first one is one that I think lots of people know about, which is the Beatles, which we'll talk about first. Mm. But the second one, it's about a big hole. But let's start with the Beatles. I know we all listen to albums and go, oh, that album really speaks to me. But he took that beyond.
1: Yeah, he was like, no, seriously, guys, this album (laughs) really speaks to me. You have to listen to the Beatles world album. Yeah, it was the White Album, which he loved, which I literally just made the connection about the kind of race war line of thinking that he was on and the album being called The White Album.
0: That only occurred to me this afternoon.
1: Yeah, just right now did that occur to me, which is pretty dumb. That shows
0: that you and I are not racist.
1: I think we (laughs) should be proud of that. To we're me, stupid it was, and we're no, not
0: racist.
1: It was just the album. Like I don't see color that way. Um. No, <laughs> I don't
0: see. I see four white boys from Liverpool, but I don't see color, guys. Yeah, I
1: just see album.
0: So according to Murderpedia, they're out at the ranch. They're dropping LSD. They're—I don't know. I think they're reenacting the crucifixion. Sometimes sounds Charlie kind of fun,
1: okay? All of that know, sounds a little bit fun, but underneath like it, would it, smell terrible. Yeah, very dirty.
0: Also, Charlie didn't take as many drugs as the others did so he could, you know, plant some ideas and things and one of those was this. And I'll read from Murderpedia about the kind of stuff that Charlie read into the White Album. Racial tension between blacks and whites was growing and that blacks would soon rise up in rebellion in America's cities. He maintained that the White Album was directed at the family itself, so he reckoned the Beatles had written it for these guys, an elect group that was being instructed to preserve the worthy from the impending disaster. And the family would create an album, like a response album to it, and their songs would also trigger the predicted chaos. And what did they call the predicted chaos, Lauren?
1: Helter Skelter.
0: (sighs) Because they didn't realise that's the name of a carnival ride in the UK. So they thought, oh no, what it is, is a race war. And that sort of leads to the second bit of their beliefs that I find just gobsmacking. So, with this race war, it's apparently it would start with black people would murder white people and Write the word pigs in the wall in their blood. All very upbeat and exactly a Beatles kind of message, you know. O bladé, o bladá. If you listen carefully, Whitey.
1: they definitely yeah. mention that happening. Because that's
0: the thing, yeah. that well, some of the lyrics to Helter Skelter it goes: When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. Where I stop and I turn and I go for a ride, till I get to the bottom, Lauren, and I see you again. Yeah. It's all
1: there. Yeah, yeah. They get to the bottom of the bit of blood that they're picking up. They pick it back up again, and they bring their hand back down again, and that's the first stroke of the P to write pigs in blood. It's, it's obvious. It's all very clear. If you, if it's you all there, it carefully, it's yeah, all it's there. CD
0: booklet. There was another song on the album called Piggies, which was, of course, spoke directly to, to Charlie. Of course, but. They thought that the bottom and top and stuff, that there was a secret city underneath Death Valley. So here's what was going to happen.
1: This underground vibe.
0: It's so, it's odd is what it is. Yeah. So there would be this big race war and the winners of the race war, so it would be started by black people killing some white people. The winners of the race war would be black people but according to charlie manson and this is remember remembering that charlie manson is an asshole
1: mm-hmm. black people were
0: too stupid to rule the world so the manson family would hide in an underground city while the war was going on and then when the black people had won the war they would come up to the surface again and rule the world and lsd is a powerful drug there's a bottomless pit thing and the underground city was partly based on Native American law and partly based on a pit or abyss in every cult leader's favorite part of the Bible. Book, 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 book of the book of
1: Revelation.
0: <laughs>
1: but it's also just that's just drugs. So there's some kind of debate as well about whether or not Charlie actually believed all of this or if that was the actual motivation for the crimes or anything or if that was just kind of, you know, additional propaganda to get people riled up, to get people to do his bidding, which is, I, I don't know. How did he come up with all this stuff? He was illiterate. Like he couldn't really read or write. Um, I think that's
0: a thing. He was a storyteller and he... Yeah. He needed to give, and when we do get to the bad bit, which we're nearly up to, the, the nature of the crimes that he influenced people to commit was so violent that it, it really feels like it's the, the kind of thing that you can only get people to do if they believe very strongly that they're doing something for a mission.
1: Yeah. So, so he
0: needed this, a myth to drive the mission.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is it's a mythology that he created to get people's influence. And because that's kind of as well, the whole through line of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, the biggest lesson from that that people say is if you want someone to do something, make them think that it is their idea. Yes. So I think a big part of his kind of manipulation tactic was to create this mythology and say, you know, well, what's going to happen? We need to this race riot. What should we do? And then they would say, well, maybe we need to kill people. And you'd be like, oh, okay, I guess.
0: Let's finish up the beliefs and get onto that. But I will say that they actually did. They went out into the desert in dune buggies looking for holes that led down to the secret city. That's a thing they did. Wow! And I'll do. I'll do a brief quote from so Leslie Van Houten is one of the I, look if it was a beauty pageant she'd be Manson queen Leslie yeah. Van Houten was gorgeous but also a horrible person and yeah. about these holes she said but maybe it was going to be rigged up from someone who'd gone down before she's off her tits, um, that it would have, like, water on the top and then, like, the water would, like, move away, go away somehow by some kind of mechanism. And if we played around the hole enough that went down there, we'd find it and then we could just walk down and then we'd have to float down a river. And it was just, it was insane.
1: It's so detailed. It sounds like the Lord of the Rings or something.
0: But with a sour taste in your mouth.
1: But bad. <laughs> They would also
0: just slip out at night and go and break into people's houses. Practice They'd practice all these survival skills and they would go out and just break into houses and Charlie would instruct them to go to rich families' houses and just go in, rearrange the furniture. Yeah, what it did they call crawling. that?
1: Creepy Crawling. Creepy Crawling. I hate rich people too. You know, I hate the system. I know.
0: I don't mind that bit. That's kind of a little bit of like smash the state
1: stuff. They are piggies. You know, at at the end of the day, they are. I don't think they should be killed, but I think it is kind of like creepy crawling. So where they would just creep in undetected, move furniture around, fuck with them a bit. Like that's kind of fun. Okay. It's kind of cute. It's cute. Yeah, it, the escalation is not cute and the It's not cute. They should have stopped it there. Yeah, if they'd stopped it there, then, like, that's a good prank. Creep into some rich guy's house and, like, move his couch 10 centimetres every day until he thinks he's being haunted. You yes. know, that's, that's fun. But it's kind of like Jim from The Office but with a real message. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So um, Leslie's kind of like Pam. Um, yes.
0: And Jesus is Dwight, yeah, okay, so we're going to get to the murders I want we'll cover a couple of mini crimes first i've got these listed in my notes as kind of mini crime one and mini crime two. They were living with Dennis Wilson, and Charlie would just send Dennis to do his bidding, and he sent him on errand to go and get him some money, and I had to check I had to write this down because. Dennis had cheated a black drug dealer called Lots of Popper Crow and that's my favourite name of all time. Very good. Crow threatened everyone at the ranch so Manson went round to his house and shot him. He didn't die but it was just Manson did go and do some dirty work himself. The mini crime too and this is the Gary Hinman stuff.
1: Yeah. He was Yeah, he was just a guy who they thought had money, basically.
0: Yeah, he'd had some inheritance money.
1: He wanted him to be, like, recruited to the family so he could sign over the deed to his property and his assets to the family. That was Bobby Boussoulet, wasn't it? The family member who went over there to try and get the money, but it did end in murder.
0: Yeah, but they kept him hostage for two days.
1: Yeah. And apparently
0: Manson did stop by because he didn't like to participate. He just liked to stop by Yeah, and slashed his ear with a sword because, drama queen. But they, they wrote up political head. piggy on the wall with a panther yeah. print.
1: In Blood, they did a little paw print, yeah, to make it seem like it was the Black Panthers kind of. But now it seems like they're trying to incite the race riot. It doesn't make well, much
0: because sense. They- just because you plan a race riot doesn't mean a race, race riot's going to start. You have to give it a nudge.
1: Yeah, they were getting impatient.
0: Yeah, Bobby Bosley, who killed Hinman, but he was arrested when he was found driving Hinman's
1: car idiot I think he was even like asleep in his car like it was really pathetic (laughs) like I feel like in 1969 okay which is when the Gary Hinman murder happened there was no DNA there was no Facebook there was no cell phone pinging or anything like you could just kill someone and run away it'd be so easy you could just do it I mean in
0: between getting married
1: yeah then literally kill someone get married in the same week no one would know like and during it's amazing and then, yeah. but then he literally went to sleep in the murder victim's car. Come on, oh, get it together, hippies! He wasn't very bright, so that meant Bobby Busilet was in jail. I think Charlie was scared that Bobby would flip and kind of tell mm. the cops all about the the family and and give it all away. So he wanted Bobby out of jail.
0: And so he said, "Look, guys, it's time. Let's do." Skelter.
1: Let's do a big one. Let's do it. Because
0: Charlie had a grudge against Terry Melcher and not getting a record deal, so, you know, I guess Chuck Manson became Cuck Manson. You're (laughs) welcome. Manson had loved to drop in, loved a grudge, so... He dropped round to Terry Melcher's house, but Terry didn't live there anymore. Now it was Roman Polanski, the film director, and his gorgeous wife Sharon Tate, who was heavily yeah. pregnant.
1: Do you think Charlie knew that Melcher didn't live there anymore? Because there's, yes, I think Melcher says that he thinks, but rather Melcher kind that house kind of just represented how he, the disrespect. That he'd yes,
0: but also because he'd done the drop round and realised that Melcher didn't live there and found out who did live there, mm. I reckon he thought the initial murders that were supposed to get Helter Skelter going needed as much publicity as possible so that it would blow up into a, a race war. So I I reckon when he found out, ah, oh, that's that movie director and his hot girlfriend, they'll do.
1: Yeah, they were rich and famous enough. They were kind of what he wanted gone.
0: So Sharon Tate's there on the night of August 8th, 1969, and Roman Polanski's out of town, but she's there
1: with her friend, an ex-lover, that's weird. Jay Sebring, he was also a hairstylist apparently. Yes, Um, a a live-in hairstylist. And then another Polish guy, friend of Romans and aspiring screenwriter, Wojciech Frakowski, as well as his girlfriend. Can I
0: applaud your pronunciation, please?
1: (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I feel like you just got to go into it with confidence. And he was also with um, Abigail Folger, which is Folger's coffee, coffee heiress. Imagine being that. To be an heiress of anything, Um, actually, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, but coffee?
0: I don't know if you've been on the internet lately, but everybody loves coffee.
1: I do love my coffee. In fact, actually, don't even talk to me until I've had my morning coffee.
0: I won't! They're all there hanging out with heavily pregnant Sharon
1: Tate. She's like eight and a half months pregnant. She's like so pregnant. she's
0: ready to pop.
1: I don't know. Wouldn't she be tired? She's so cool. That's how cool she is. That is cool. Because uncool
0: people are tired. (laughs)
1: yeah well that's just me (laughs) but I would be like Jay rub my feet why isn't Roman here what the fuck like I'm literally pregnant and you're not in town I'd be so mad do my hair
0: and rub my feet at the same time yes and I'll just go through these names so I can refer to them briefly later in this horrific fucking terrible story the people that were there from the family were Tex Watson who was his like two IC and Linda Kasabian Patricia Crenwinkle, which is also a good name, and Susan Atkins.
1: Was Susan Atkins, was that Squeaky? People might know her as.
0: Oh, uh, Squeaky Frome. No, she wasn't there. But Susan, I think her nickname was Sadie. And Squeaky Frome was the girl that used to have sex with George Spahn the most on the ranch. Yeah. Anyway, so Manson told them to go and visit the house and totally destroy everyone in it as gruesomely as you can and he told the women to leave a sign, something witchy. Did yeah, you know?
1: something witchy, which is a fun way to describe something.
0: They break into the house. Oh, after just killing a guy that was driving down the street. His name was Stephen Parent. They broke in. And when Frokowski asked who they were, Tex Wat- Watkins said, I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's business. He could which- not sound more like he was there to do a poo. Is that
1: account of this is that from text is that what he said that he said because that sounds so written like he's totally making it sound cooler than it was do you reckon in irl he was like um i'm here to fuck you up and then i'm here he to go, do crimes um, yeah and then he had weeks to think about it and he was like i'm the <laughs> yes. devil i'm here to do devil's work like oh you know, that's-, that's a good point Definitely, he's making this up. So you're gonna know, take that with a grain of salt, I reckon.
0: That's right. Yeah, he probably said, "Oh, I'm here to r- write. I'm just, I'm a piggy." No, that's oh, not right. You oh, guys are the
1: fuck. oh Because they were like pretty dumb as well. And I don't it know if it up. was this murder scene or another murder scene, but they wanted to write helter skelter in blood on the wall, and they wrote heel tar skeel tar because they couldn't even they spell
0: misspelt it. it. I reckon if you're gonna be in a cult, yeah. The first thing you learn is how to spell your cult leader's motto.
1: Yeah, the key tenets. You've got to be able to write them. You've got to be able to read them.
0: So this next bit, I'm going to go through it really quickly because it's horrible but it's to partly give an idea of what I was talking about before about how this could only be committed by someone or by people who had a driving force in that mythology of, you know, the cult's beliefs. And skip past this if you don't like violence. Jay Sebring was shot when he complained that they were handling Sharon Tate too roughly. Folger was stabbed 28 times. Mm. Frukowski tried to escape but was stabbed 51 times. And Sharon Tate was stabbed 16 times and, of course, lost her baby. And they wrote pig on the front door in blood. And it's still shocking and unbelievable.
1: A lot of the police at the time said it was the most brutal thing that they'd seen. It was still the 60s. Like, There's been a lot of horrible stuff in history, but it Mm. was one of the most brutal scenes of the time.
0: Yeah. And then the following night, because this was supposed to start the whole apocalypse. The same four people, plus Leslie Van Houten and a guy called Steve Grogan and Manson rode around looking for their next victims and they ended up at a house in Los Feliz near where they'd been to a party once. It was so random. It was owned by a supermarket executive called Leno Labianca and his wife, Rosemary, and they pretty much did it again. Manson tied them up but then left because on top of everything else, he's a coward. Mm. Leno was stabbed with a carving fork and a steak knife and they carved the word war into his abdomen, which is just, it's horrific. And Rosemary was stabbed by Crenwinkle and Van Houten 41 times. And Crenwinkle is the one that misspelled Helter Skelter. Yeah. Because dickhead.
1: So these were just normal kids basically a lot of the people joined the family like when they were 18 19 or younger kind of radicalized Mm. and to be able to commit a crime that violent it is is really crazy if they were on drugs they were under the influence of like a lot of stuff i've read that the girls were had just taken speed and texts had just taken some lsd and then they were sent out basically But,
0: but even this many decades later it still makes you go how did he get them to do that? I'll say something that very old people say. It beggars belief, Lauren. It really does. I didn't know as well that after that murder, on that night, Manson had told them to go to a second location and do more murders. And A, never take a murder party to a second location. That's a rule. Mm-hmm. But they was in an apartment building and it was to murder someone they knew, but they chickened out, but not before Susan Atkins took a shit on the stairs. Whoa. She laid a turd on the stairs. I mean, it's better than murdering the people inside, but this is a remarkable story. They'd stolen Rosemary Labianca's wallet and left it in a service station bathroom near what they considered a black neighbourhood hoping that black people would find it and use the credit cards and get the blame.
1: I think shows like the level of brainwashing that must have occurred because there are like very sick individuals who commit crimes like that, that violence, stabbing very And it's like, usually
0: personal but this was. Very they personal, yeah, it's passionate. Them. Yeah.
1: Crimes of passion are committed like that, stabbing 42 times, but that they were just normal people kind of radicalised probably, vulnerable people. Yeah. Maybe predisposed oh. to something, but it's like his influence, Charles Manson's influence, was that powerful to, to be able to create monsters like that. Is That's what's crazy yes. about the whole thing. It took
0: them ages to get arrested, mm. or it, for even the two crimes to be linked.
1: They got arrested for stealing cars, which was something that they yeah, did to make Yeah, unrelated stuff. Just got arrested and released on unrelated stuff. And then eventually they kind of only got found out because one of the girls was, been even was it Leslie? <laughs> yeah, she was in jail and she was just like bragging about it. Yeah, I killed Sharon Tate. It was pretty sick. You know, we all live on a ranch together. We love Charlie Manson. He's this guy. Yeah, we murdered them. It's great.
0: Brag about your skill with highlighting and winged eyeliner, not about murders you done.
1: Yeah, which again just shows like the 60s, so easy to murder and get away with it, right? Yeah, oh,
0: completely. And the court cases for everyone were in absolute shambles. So Manson was still controlling the girls and trying to get them to say that it was all their own idea. Yeah, This is when, and there's so much footage of them turning up to court and it was, I hate to say that, I think, Charlie Manson's style for a lot of it was quite good, but that's just the 60s for you.
1: Yeah, he was, like, wearing these, like, fringe leather outfits. Yeah, and these buckskin
0: shirts. Look, if you're going to turn up to a murder trial as a cult leader.
1: Yeah, turn up. Bring it a look.
0: But this is when, you know, he and the girls all shaved their heads and carved X's into their foreheads and, oh, Charlie Manson got pissed off at the judge and leapt at him and, the girls walked in hand in hand, singing songs and speaking Latin. It was a
1: bloody farce. Yeah, it was a spectacle. And as well, I think in the face of all of it, Charlie, he definitely wanted to preserve the family, like that life. He was like loving it, but he wouldn't have been afraid to go to jail. He would have known that he was going no. to jail. He wasn't afraid of going to jail. It was his home. It was where he'd spent half his life. Um, because reminder, this didn't all happen all that slowly. He got out out of jail in 67 or 66 this is 69 that he is yeah. on trial so everything's done he's been out of jail for like a minute he did all of this in two or three years when he'd spent over half of his life in jail anyway so he was like wow I really fucked shit up and like he's not worried about going back to jail he's not worried about getting caught he just wants to create no. the mythology of who he was and create a spectacle and a farce in the media and keep controlling totally totally
0: And so I reckon that's what he, you know, he wasn't that well known before, you know, he was a guru to a small group of people and he wasn't afraid of going to jail. So all the behaviour in court and all the spectacle seems fairly clearly the approach of an attention seeker going, this is the last chance, this is what I'm doing it all for, this is my last chance to get big attention, so I'm going to act like a dickhead. Yeah, I think, well, look, it worked. We're talking about him now.
1: Bad guy. Don't like him. Don't support him. Bad
0: guy. But Squeaky Frome, who we mentioned was the girl who slept with old George at the ranch, years later, 1975, she was arrested because she attempted to assassinate President Gerald Ford. What? Yep. Yep assassination attempt by ex-family member Squeaky Frome. Which just the legacy lived on.
1: And and it is crazy to think because there were so many people involved in the Manson family that I'm not sure, but I presume not all of them were jailed for the rest of their lives if people weren't directly linked to the crimes, these crimes, these no. murders. So many people were just like in the Manson family, then they just like had to like go back to their life, be like, Yeah. <laughs> I suppose they just went, mm, go
0: find another, I don't know, what, yoga?
1: And then you've just like got to go get a job and people are like, what have you been doing? And you're like, ah, oh, it's kind of awkward. I was at this ranch. Yeah. Um, I swear, yeah. I didn't know what was happening. I was so confused. Yeah. You know,
0: He was a pimp when I met him.
1: It was this guy? And they're like, was he hot? And you're like, no, yeah. it's like you, ha- you had to She's be dead to kind of get it. Um.
0: Oh, could he spin a
1: yarn or what? I feel like yeah Manson's power has to be the biggest you had to be there of all time. I'm still gobsmacked. Yeah, but
0: I'm glad I'm glad he died. But which was only recent well sort of recently 2017 he was 83 of colon cancer.
1: Yeah, old as. So he was
0: finally as much of a pain in the ass to himself as he was to everyone else. Apart from maybe a few random facts, that's a hell of a story.
1: Random, random, random facts. I'm talking random facts. I'm talking random facts about colds and now colds and now.
0: That is the most perfect thing I've ever heard. Any any little facts we've missed? Oh, I did look up how much it cost to buy the vinyl of the one album he released, which was released while he was in court. The album called Lie, oh, they only sold about 300 of the 2,000 copies they printed at the time. But now it's for vinyl. It's about 350 bucks online.
1: It's not unattainable. You can just get a download for nothing but the actual vinyl. But the vinyl, you know, it sounds richer. It's, you know, it's it's about... The, the object itself I mean I'm waiting for my $750 corona supplement to come in so you know who knows what's gonna yes. happen yes I'd
0: advise you to start a cult but that it does take too long I mean <laughs> possibly longer than the Australian government with your supplement so we'll see some family members tried to silence one of the prosecution witnesses by giving her a hamburger heavily laced with LSD but
1: <laughs> they were probably like thank you thanks a fun fact he learned how to play guitar in prison. The person who actually taught him how to play guitar was a big gangster, famous gangster, Alvin Creepy Carpus, public enemy number one.
0: That's such a good name. Creepy Carpus. Carpus. I've got, again, another prison thing. This is from Murderpedia. It says, Manson's rhetoric and hippie speeches weren't really accepted in prison, though he eventually found temporary acceptance from the Aryan Brotherhood his role was submissive to a sexually aggressive member of the group at San Quentin. So I think that means that maybe Charles Manson was fucked by a Nazi. It feels like justice to me.
1: It does a little bit. He was not the same influential person in an all-male prison as the no. as his vastly female cult, which kind of is also an interesting thing to think about. His methodologies of manipulation definitely preyed on yeah. women.
0: And he properly believed that women were there to serve men as well. That was, you can hear him say it in interviews, that's what, you know, women accept that that's their role.
1: Yeah. So I'm um, just, look,
0: we probably mentioned it before, but he was a bit of an asshole.
1: Yeah, bad guy, but did a lot of stuff. Don't know how he did it and I don't think I could do what he did.
0: That's really pleasing to hear.
1: You know, morally, hmm. I couldn't do it. Physically, I couldn't do it.
0: And who has the time?
1: If you got a spare two years, this isn't the thing to dedicate yourself to.
0: I think the only thing left to say is we are family. I got all my sisters with me. Join a cult.
1: Don't, probably don't join a cult. I don't think that ended up very good. If only for the reason of after you have to leave the cult, it would be so awkward to tell everyone where you've been.
0: Yeah, don't join a cult because it'd be awkward.
1: It would be so
0: awkward. Thank you, Lauren. You've been listening to Zealot, produced by me, Joe Thornley, from an underground city. My co-host for this episode was Lauren Bonner, who has an Instagram account at Lauren Y. Bonner, a podcast called Were You Hot in High School on iTunes and Spotify, and a recording studio in her driveway. Further reading and music not good enough to be a Beach Boys B-side can be found on the Zealot Facebook page. And music is by the Everglades, as comforting as a two-litre pump pack of hand sanitizer. <coughs> Cult.